2: I think I'm going to go back I had him too I think I'm going to go back to the well with him are you guys thinking the same or are you moving on after his one point dud
1: I, I have him in only because I'm hoping I get my $200,000 back <laughs> <laughs>
0: This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rodowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and JD Bazzo.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of RotoWire, joined on this Thursday night by JD Bazzo and Skylar Redpath, the the band is back together, finally. We've got all three of us on to talk some Major League Soccer. Uh, JD, I'm going to start off right with the question everybody's been asking, been wondering about. What did you think about the new FMLS rules and gameplay for Round 1? Uh,
3: I th- I think a lot of people are upset, but it worked out uh, like fantasy soccer tends to work out, Um in ter- terms of the <laughs> scoring and everything so i don't it's not anything to get too upset about one way or another uh i think my team did pretty good i think the players that you thought were going to do good uh tended to do all right and the the switcheroo kind of played out how i thought I w- it would for the most part so i don't i don't know it was a it was an okay week one i was more interested in the the real soccer personally
1: okay okay skylar
2: yeah, for me, it was a little bit of a um, trial and error, especially with some of the new uh, switcheroo rules or whatnot. Um, ended up with 71 points, so I wasn't pleased with that. I've got a little bit of ground to make up, especially it looks like JD hit 86. Well done. Thank you. Um, but no, I mean, in, yes, in general, I mean, yeah, there are definitely some hiccups right off, the, right out of the gate, which I feel like anytime there's gonna there's something new, then there's going to be um some frustration to deal with at the beginning and then i mean for me i I kind of look at it like this like if you really like a band you know you're really into a certain band and they come out with a new cd like it or whatever cd (laughs) CD uh, a new download i'm still i'm still a little old school i've got a few cds hanging around um but yeah i mean it takes you a little bit to warm up to it and then you're used to it again. It's just, you're, it, it, I feel like it's going to be kind of the same with MLS fantasy this season. Give it a, a round or two. And I think we'll, uh, I think, you know, the, the first week will be behind us and in, in a distant memory. So yeah, I'm ready to, I'm looking forward to week two already.
3: Yeah, some people still buy Weezer albums no matter what uh, garbage they've put out <laughs> since the since the '90s. So MLS MLS fantasy is going to have at least a couple dozen people playing for another couple decades.
2: <laughs> hey, how did you know uh, Weezer was actually my first concert?
3: Wow! Oh, nice. That was my first live,
2: cool. my first live show. Yes. So how about that, there's a uh, a little little nugget of of info for anybody that's right. who wanted to know what my first concert was. <laughs>
1: uh i feel like obviously the 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 change of making the everybody lock when their games locked made playing a lot more intense is such a dramatic word but like you you had to be on you know if you take this seriously which we do you know you had to make sure that the guys that you had in your starting lineup were starting like regardless of whether you had switcheroo plans like now you have to really go in and make sure all your guys are there but um one of the things we were talking about earlier this week uh, that really I don't know if it was something that we just kinda overlooked because we didn't really think it would change much, but um the the player price changes seemed to be like dramatic uh, early on. And JD you yeah. pointed this out since you're already like two dollar two hundred, two million, whatever the whatever the uh, two
3: point one, yeah. Two point one ahead 2.1 of me. Two point one million ahead of the hundred and you went down so right. more than that ahead of you. Uh, So that's like a a mid-level player the whole way to a high-priced player um, is now the advantage I have over your team going into Week 2. However, I'll say this. I thought about it a little bit more, and the lower-priced players seem to get a bigger price boost or Uh at least a bigger chance of getting a price boost even if they have a mediocre game. So maybe that'll even it out. The high-priced players have to perform pretty well to get a price boost so if you can't afford as many you're actually probably catching up and maybe it will even out or maybe it'll it'll catch up but I am a little scared that it's just gonna the the teams with a lot of money are gonna run away from the teams who kind of have a couple rough weeks to start and maybe that's why they're doing two seasons maybe they also just didn't think about it at all but um it's it's definitely notable when I think it's a Something to think about in terms of the switcheroo. Yes, yes. If you were going to use two players that are minimum price and aren't going to play at all, you're missing out on two potentially very nice uh, cheap guys you could have that are playing and could get a a price boost. I mean, if you have like a, a four to five million dollar guy, and you, for instance, I had Henry Wingo from Seattle. I ended up having him on my bench. I just because of the the different like uh, rolling substitutions, he ended up on my bench. He was 4.5. He got five points. Not all that hard to do. Um, and he went up $300,000 or 0.3 or whatever you want to say. So, I mean, I was extremely excited about that. Um, but if I used a 4.0 scrub on my bench instead, I wouldn't have that point three right now. So um it's something to think about. Maybe you don't want to do that double <clears throat> auto roue or whatever people are calling it. Um maybe you just wanna to, wanna to keep it to one or who knows? It's it sounds like I'm speaking a different language sometimes with this game.
1: <laughs> the thing that jumped out at me was less the guy like and it's probably because I lost out on it, but like um I started Chris are we calling him Muller? Mueller? Mueller?
3: Mueller, I think, Is yeah, Mueller? Mueller.
1: I don't know um so I had him basically as essentially part of a switcheroo I didn't end up playing him but he had a he started and had a terrible game and he lost money so like I, he went from 4.5 to 4.3 and so like I'm I'm losing it
3: if like <laughs> he led their team in shots too. right
1: so yeah so it's like the if you're it's it almost pro, not prohibits you, but it, it puts added risk in using riskier guys for a switcheroo because not only is it possible that you don't use them, but then they lose money with you not losing them. So like that that put me behind already. I, does it seem
3: like players that are subbed off earlier um, are penalized for just minutes played, or it was Mueller's game just not that good? Because I know somebody came on at halftime. And they were penalized because there's the second half stats just didn't accumulate as much as if they would play a full game, and I think they got nailed.
1: He played fifty eight minutes. And yeah. Yeah. He actually, if-
2: I watched that game. I mean, he actually looked good. I know that doesn't mean much for fantasy purposes. Like that's not going to correlate, not going to relate to any fantasy stats. But
3: he he looked good out there for his MLS debut.
1: It felt like he did more than one point worth. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, I had Tolo, and he, uh, what, slammed the the post? Yeah. I had Alessand Drini, who went off. I think everyone probably did, but he was my captain. Went off after about 60 minutes. And also, I should note, even though I had a, a good scoring week, it was not because of anything I really did with the switcheroo. I was chasing a lot of defender clean sheets, and I got zero. Um, <laughs> I was, I was chasing the double keeper, figured one of them would get a clean sheet, didn't get one there either so but you still have to do it i don't know why Pe- people are like all down on it after one week saying oh the switcheroo's is not not that good the casual player isn't screwed uh yeah you are if you're not doing the switcheroo you're probably uh not going to be doing too well in fantasy you have to try because it's going to work some weeks mm-hmm. and just by cycling through uh the different kind of it's kind of like a poker hand you you start with the cards in your hand and then the first set of games is kind of like the flop you have a couple outs you get the next card you get the next card you have to keep trying with every card you obviously in poker you can fold right away or whenever but uh you have a lot of outs with this new switcheroo um premise in the game and you have to you have to take your shots i mean i i don't think playing it super safe and just putting all scrubs on the bench is the way to go
1: how'd you play it skylar
3: Yeah, it, like I said, it was a
2: trial and error week for me. So I had to. Um, I actually went with New England's keeper. Uh, I believe his name's Matt Turner, who I think was a surprise starter for the season opener. But he was min price for a keeper. Um, ended up getting three points. So I think originally I was like, I mean, for a minimum price keeper, I would probably be okay with that. But then I, I went, I stuck uh, Tarbell in as my starter hoping that he'd get a clean sheet against minnesota that did i mean it looked good for about 80 minutes until yeah kevin molina scored a last a, a brace in the last 10 minutes but so you know the keeper thing like jd said like that's an obvious play give yourself two shots at a clean sheet all season long there's no reason not to i mean you pick out a keeper from the early games this week um new england's keeper and zach stefan are two that jump off at me because they both play in the the two early games on Saturday. So um, if Turner's in again, then I'll probably give him another shot. I mean, they're playing at home against Colorado. So 4.2 million for a keeper that's starting at home against, you know, uh, attack that hasn't – that we haven't seen yet, I guess. Maybe we've seen a little bit in CONCAF Champions League. but We didn't even see the at Colorado
3: attack last year. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah.
2: They, they were shut out in both games of Champions League. So, you know, I'd be willing to roll the dice with Turner again, see if he gets me some clean sheet points for men price pretty much. And then if not, then, yeah, I'll move on to a keeper in the later game. Um, but, yeah, I'm with J.D. I mean, I think you gotta got to try some things out with it. I think in the long run you're definitely going to pick up more points um, by the end of the season. So, yeah, I'll be doing it again this week.
3: Yeah, we're set it up so that you, you have to make decisions like uh, Sunday morning, like after the Saturday games. Like it doesn't have to be an all-day type of thing if it you can't afford for it to be. Um, it would be really nice if we had uh, the an app that worked and it would notify us when a player wasn't in the starting lineup. That would uh, alleviate a lot of pains, I think. But uh, also apparently there was problems going on where like people's – players didn't lock and the games had started so you could like make changes to your lineup after the games kicked off some people could uh i don't know it sounds like there were a lot of glitches in week one but um i don't know i wasn't paying enough attention to really notice and i just gonna roll with it
1: yeah i felt like i That's
3: wanted... like old school uh
2: <laughs> i was gonna throw in that 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 is old school Mondo Goal style there for anybody that played on Mondo Goal? Like <laughs> <laughs> in the in the early going, there were uh, several players that caught on that you could, you know, a guy scores a goal in the first five minutes of the game, you go in and add him, you know, remove whoever you had at forward and, and throw him in, got automatic goal points. Uh, not saying I ever did that, but I know some of course, of
1: did, course, out
3: there did. <laughs> <laughs> I. I'm gonna bite my tongue about Mondo Gold because I believe they were a sponsor uh years and years ago before they they folded.
1: Hmm. That's that's big of you. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we've we've had enough fun with Mondo Gold. Yeah. Um all right. R I P Mondo Let,
1: Yeah. Let's jump into this week's um this week's slate. We've got nine games. Uh you already alluded to it that the first two games, uh we've got Columbus at home against Montreal. That's a one o'clock Eastern. And then New England hosting Colorado is at 130. Um, it seems like, yeah, it's either you Zach Steffen or if Turner gets another start, um, like you basically lock one of them into your bench spot on your FMLS team because otherwise, you know, if they bomb, then you can get somebody else. But um, are you guys thinking of doing doing that with any other uh, outfield positions?
3: I have a Bubacar in my games? lineup. Oh, go ahead, Skylar. Are we just talking from
2: these two games, Andrew?
1: Yeah, mostly if you're thinking of like a switcheroo with just, yeah, these first two games.
2: Okay. J.D., you said he had a Bubacar?
3: Yeah, I think he's locked in. I think uh, maybe a Christian Martinez is someone I'm thinking about in a, a real switcheroo on the bench. Um, and then also a Jack Price. Edgar Castillo are two guys I'm I'm looking at from Colorado, just because I think New England might be the worst team in the league. Jack Price seems like he's going to run that midfield. He's seven million, uh, pretty affordable if you want to like uh, consider like him versus an Alfonso Davies later on. Um, that's a reasonable uh, kind of one two to pick between. And Castillo, if they're playing five in the back and he's a wing back, I think Castillo's uh, pretty talented and he can get up and create some offense. So he's only five million. I don't, I just see a lot of, a lot of value in these first two games. And I know Higuain's going to be popular, but, um, there, there's a lot of guys to squeeze in. So I don't think I'm going quite that high. Uh, Zardes is in consideration. Um, but really nobody from new England except Turner Turner. I think you, I don't want to say you have to use him because new England's pretty bad, but he's, he's essentially minimum price, like you said, and it's a, a nice one to get right off the bat and just hope for a clean sheet. If not, we can we can go someone else in our actual starting spot for goal.
1: What about you, Skyler?
4: Yeah,
2: on Turner, it's worth pointing out that New England did lose both of their starting center backs the first game to a red card. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, for what that's worth, um, he's going to be with without his top two center back options, which probably weren't, Super stellar in the first place. Like, I'm not sure how, how much
3: difference it's going to make having <laughs> some backups in there. I but saw it's
2: worth pointing out to the listeners.
3: Yeah, I saw there was an article on MLSsoccer.com today that was talking about Brad Friedel claims that he's confident in the depth that New England have at center back. I believe he's starting a fourth round pick from this last year's draft. Hmm. And Jaleel <laughs> and Jaleel Anibaba. Uh So i <laughs> I I guess maybe they're not worse than uh the two actual starters who both got red cards but <laughs> I I don't know. It's no surprise they got red cards either after that horrific tackle that Friedel said he didn't see a problem with in the preseason by uh is it Zahibo, their new defensive midfielder um that kind of went studs up on somebody. Yeah, Wilfred Zahibo. Um so so far, so good. Friedel setting a really good example for his players. Um, <laughs> this, just go into Philly and get destroyed. Um, I'm excited to pick on New England this year. I was gonna say, and I think st-
1: this is gonna be a topic that we have quite often on this. I mean, podcast. you don't
3: even start Kellen Rowe. What a joke!
1: Uh. Yeah,
2: I think that's gonna change this week. And and Rose, one that you know, if you are if we're looking at that switcheroo, seven point five million. If he starts, then I'm I would probably consider him in that spot um, maybe one other guy that from New England that's kind of caught my interest in preseason was uh, Christian P- Pania. Um came out early last game because of the red card so we don't really get to see him full force but I really like what I saw in preseason I think he's one that can be a game changer for, for them if he gets going so don't know if I'm gonna invest this week but I've got my eye on him um, Diego Fagundes is one that I'm always looking at from the Revs, So, I don't know. I mean, I like the Revs' options this week. Even Teal Bunbury. I know JD is going to give me grief, but I had to throw him out there. He's getting chances. I think he actually had, like, four shots last game.
3: He was actually awesome. So, he, he actually had a lot of good chances in the box. If you sort uh, the stats on to wire by, like, touches or shots in the box, I think he's up there. Um, so, I, I thought Bunbury was the, the lone bright spot for New England personally. No grief for me okay okay new season new season yeah. <laughs> um new season new JD no
2: no bunberry hate but no i I mean yeah I think there might be some sneaky fantasy plays from New England it's just a matter of if you've got the got the cojones to go there
1: <laughs> I guess if that's what you want you want to go that way but anyway um do so you guys staying away from piatti
2: I am yeah Yeah, I'm staying away from them, and I'm Montreal in general. Then I'm kind of just taking a wait and see with them. I think Piatti is going to be their have to be their go to this season, um, but I don't know. Going to Columbus, who just shut Toronto out at Toronto, like feels like it adds up to where they're going to keep Montreal off the square sheet here. So,
1: yeah, I can see that. Um, all right, the next game. Um the next like early one is RSL home against LAFC who got a pretty solid result in their opener. Um, it seems like this game has like a ton of fantasy players in it that we at least think about. And that we'll probably talk about throughout the season. Um, Rusnok was like locked into my lineup. Um, and I'm, because I'm not really sure even if LAFC can score and it's not like they scored that many last weekend, but it seems like, RSL should be able to score. Um, do you guys think you'll have, like, multiple pieces of RSL against an expansion team in their second game?
2: I do. I mean, I think I think Plata and Rusnak will be in my lineup for sure. i trying to decide about Luis Silva. If he starts up top, he's 7.3, somewhere around there. Um, and then Jefferson Savarino, I think he's still – somewhat under the radar even though he had a pretty pretty stellar season last year um, in a game like this like yeah LAFC went to Seattle and got the win but I mean even a second second in Seattle team pretty much controlled the game had multiple opportunities I, I feel like Salt Lake's in a good breakout spot here so I'm gonna have exposure for sure
3: yeah I think a lot of people are overreacting to a lot of the week one results um, even the Columbus one uh, at Toronto that was a that was a really good win. I think it's a it's a much stronger performance than LAFC at Seattle, uh, after the CONCACAF Champions League game. I Seattle dominated that game. They easily could have won. LAFC created zero uh big chances created. They had, I believe, the lowest uh, expected goal total on the weekend. Seattle had one of the the highest um I don't think they even put very many shots on goal. Maybe the I think the only shot on goal was the one they scored. The one that went in, right? <laughs> yeah. So LaFC is going to be good this year, but I think it's a prime matchup for RSL. My problem with them in season long is everybody I would like to use is extremely expensive. So I think it might be knock if I can squeeze them in, and uh, otherwise maybe nobody. I mean, I think everyone's a good option, but there's a lot of guys I want to I want to get in this weekend in my lineup.
1: Okay, that's reasonable. Um, is there anyone from LAFC that you could consider, though? I mean, it's a, RSL hasn't really been an elite defensive team over the last few years. They're just too early for Vela or Rossi, or I doubt we're going to play Failhopper much, I mean, but maybe.
2: Like, both of those guys are going to be in my lineups at some point, but probably not this week. Maybe, like, in a home matchup. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's just too many good
3: options I'd say in week two to, to go there right now. If anything, I think you have to go with a a cheap player from LAFC in like some kind of, some kind of situation where you have flexibility in a a switcheroo type situation of some sort. But, um, yeah, the expensive options are too expensive. I will note that Benny Fellauber took their only set pieces, I believe, which I think, um, was actually a little up in the air. It wasn't a sure thing. So that's uh, maybe a daily fantasy note in particular.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, that's a three-game slate right there that we just discussed is the first one on DraftKings. Rusnok is 10300 the most expensive player. But it seems like, I mean, you got Rusnok, um
3: Lee Win. Lee- <laughs> Just kidding. If you haven't paid attention to MLS this year, that's not – I wasn't serious. That's
1: right. Um, Don't do it. Yeah. Do you guys think –
3: Carlos Vela is 7,000. I think that you kind of have to play him when he's that cheap in daily fantasy.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. But um, do you think Knock is worth the most expensive player on the slate?
3: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think so on the slate. I mean, Igu- you can definitely make a case that Iguain is more important to have in your lineup, um, but I think Rusnok.
1: I think you could probably get both anyway.
3: Yeah, do do what you can to get both for sure. Yeah.
1: it Wouldn't be too crazy. is only 6,000, though.
3: Wow. Hmm. I mean, Dallas, actually... <laughs> Dallas, I know they were at home against RSL, but I thought they controlled most of that match, so it's not like they came out and were were dominant in their road draw against FC Dallas. So LAFC will have their chances, and I think it's especially going to be interesting to see, in the likely case where they get down a goal, I want to see how they open up and actually can play instead of how they bunker and play. Um, That'll kind of be a real test to watch.
1: Okay. Any thoughts, Skyler? Yeah, I
3: mean, just... You, you
2: had me shift over to the DraftKings pool real quick, just asking about the, about Roosnak And one player that jumped out, I mean, I'm kind of skipping back a couple games here, but uh, Martinez is 3,700. I mean, that's for anybody that didn't see Columbus at Toronto. I mean, he was, he looked um, energetic. I mean, he looks like a guy that's going to score some goals or at least contribute to goals this season. I mean, mind mind the, uh, Cisco hairdo, whatever it was. <laughs> if you can, if you can get past that, I mean, thirty seven hundred um, for a player like that and a good matchup at home. Um, I think he's he deserves some consideration there.
3: Okay. Yeah, totally agree. This is this is going to be one of the best years for just uh, wingers in MLS that are. Um, kind of ready and willing to just dribble at people and take people on. I think Elise was the the number one example of that in week one but there's a lot of young guys Alfonso Davies is out there trying to beat people right and left. Uh, Martinez is definitely a guy that's gonna take some people on so I'm excited for that.
1: okay awesome. Um, let's move on to kind of the evening slate. Um, it's a f- it's four games. Starting at six o'clock Eastern, we've with uh, Chicago home against Sporting Kansas City and Houston home against Vancouver, and then the other two games are seven o'clock. Uh, the Red Bulls hosting Portland, and seven thirty is Orlando home against Minnesota. Um, I don't really know what to make about a lot of these teams, other than it seems like you really want some Houston when they're at home. Um, is, I mean. I, they seem like the one on this late this four game kind of grouping that you want. Although, um, the Orlando Orlando finally has everybody back. I think actually Dwyer is still out, but like Kledston will be there, which theoretically takes some stuff away from Yoshi. But Kledston and Miram are always kind of, uh, at least in my mind, look like they would be great. Uh, JD, how are you looking at kind of the, this grouping of teams?
3: Yeah, I think the the Orlando matchup in particular is a a big highlight of the weekend they should probably dominate minnesota uh justin miran looked phenomenal last week i'm going to be watching the rest of the lineup pretty closely to see to see who i can get in defensively right now my season-long team has uh two orlando defenders and bendick in goal wow if matt if matt turner doesn't do well um but i think i'm also considering uh if pino plays i might go with him up top because he scored last weekend I was hyping him a little bit in the preseason and I like Pino the one note I'll have is Yoshi Yotun had a, a pretty down game Skyler has to be upset about that I think he will bounce back but I he had a negative rating in the Audi player index which is basically the whose line is it anyway of MLS points <laughs> but um it, it I mean, does something yeah, yeah I mean course. the the Audi player index has to be measuring something, uh, semi accurately. <laughs> so it was just it was a really interesting note considering Orlando controlled the game against DC United while being a man down for over forty five minutes. Um not prom- not a promising performance for DC by any means. And I think it just showed that Orlando's going to be a, a serious team to deal with this year. So yeah, I think this is a great fantasy matchup. First and foremost for them, I do agree that some of the other matchups are a little more up in the air, especially uh, Chicago and New York's um, home fixtures. I think Houston-Vancouver is one that we can uh, shy away from maybe a little bit, dip our toe into the water if we like Alfonso Davies on the road as a switcheroo option, or Elise up top, although he's expensive. But um, I don't know. I want to see... He was unbelievable. He, uh, I think he had nine successful dribbles or something insane. Granted, most of them were against Greg Garza, but, um, he just, yeah, I
2: say he looked good, but he missed several good chances too. And that, like, he still
3: looked that good. And they had Bonnie Garcia playing in the number 10 role instead of Tomas Martinez. Theoretically, with Martinez back, it should improve. But I I will say Boniac Garcia comes up with one or two phenomenal games this season, even though he's old and has been in the league forever. Uh, that was one of them, so we probably don't need to expect too many more this year.
1: <laughs> no love for Minotis?
3: He was really good. Yeah, I like Minotis too. But I, Vancouver's going to lock it down, play very defensive on the road, and just lob balls into Kai Kamara, who... I don't know if we even – I think we thought he was going to be a perfect fit in Vancouver. He's even more perfect after watching one game than you ever could have imagined. Like, he, he fits Vancouver like a glove. It's unbelievable. And that yeah, header? And it, it,
2: yeah, it feels like him and Davies are already clicking. It feels like they're on the same page. And it feels like, you know, they've got that connection already. So, that's good to see it. That definitely plays in the Kai's favor
3: i mean the you know when you're playing a, a racing video game and you go over like the uh, the little patches of something that like speed you up <laughs> that's like that is... mario
5: kart
2: style
3: yeah that's kai kamara's head and the ball is the race car like it <laughs> it hit his head and it went so much faster off of it from it was like from outside the penalty spot i think is an unbelievable goal um I don't know how many times he's going to score that one specifically, but he looks really healthy to start the year. He's getting a ton of air uh, when he's jumping to, to challenge for the ball. He's motivated. Um, I don't know. Houston has 2 33-year-old center backs. Is Philippe Senderas going to be um, really manhandling Kai Kamara? I don't think so.
2: That's the highest score in MLS fantasy after week one.
3: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not not going to be uh, sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Houston's uh, winning record every season to start the year. Right, right. They're good at home. Yeah, they play it. They know their strength, and they had a lot of time to prepare for that Atlanta game, um, and it suited them perfectly. They let Atlanta have the ball. They countered uh, fast and furiously. Um, they pressured all over the field. But, A, you can't – probably can't pressure that hard all season B teams are going to figure that out and see when that, that's how you play. It's just, you're more volatile in your performances because you have to take advantage of the chances you get. Um, I also felt like they gave up a ton of chances to Atlanta who were just a little unlucky not to capitalize and they could add multiple goals. So I, I'm not really buying into the Houston's an amazing team thing quite yet.
1: Okay. That's fair.
3: It's a great result, though. I mean, yeah, it, you have to give a lot of credit to um, Wilmer Cabrera for for planning that, drawing it up, and everything. So,
1: Okay. Skylar, what do you think of this Chicago SKC game?
3: Yeah, I've been trying
2: to figure out what I think of it for fantasy purposes. Um, might be one that I stay away from, other than maybe a guy like uh, Graham Zusi, which I faded on draft. I, he was in my fantasy. MLS team I faded him on DraftKings because he was like 7200 big mistake Um, I actually thought I had Croiset in there I felt like he was brought in as like the Benny Failhaber replacement he was a huge letdown Um, and then Zucy on the other hand went off for like 16 or 17 points on DraftKings I think he had double digit crosses and part of that was uh, was game flow you know going down to New York City Um, he was forced to kind of get a little bit more involved and, and swing balls into the box, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll probably go back to the well with him. And then as far as from like Chicago, I just, I don't know if I can pay up for Nikolic just yet. Like we know that he's got goals in him. I just, I don't know. It feels like on this slate, I want to, I want to get the Houston guys and, and Orlando guys before I target anybody from Chicago.
1: Okay you feel the same way about chicago jd
3: uh, i think chicago is going to do pretty well this week i don't trust kansas city at all right now to start the year they're going to take a little while to gel um i guess one guy i'd look at is john Baquero at forward he's 5.5 million if you want to do a lot of cheap bench options that are playing on saturday see how they do um it seems like baccaro is going to play number 10 role if schweinsteiger doesn't jump up there um but, yeah, I, I'm just really disheartened by Kansas City. They took so many shots outside the box that were low percentage chances last week, and they didn't really seem interested in trying to create anything actually dangerous. Um, Diego Rubio was terrible. Croizet is not good. Uh, I'm going to have to really see probably multiple performances from Croizet before I, I buy into that. Um, the bright spots for, for me were Gutierrez. And Johnny Russell was at least active, even if not uh, super effective. So I, I don't know. And even Kansas City's defense hasn't been that good dating back to the end of last season. So if you're, you're going with mainstays like Beasley and Opara as uh, center backs with some clean sheet upside, maybe some uh, aerial uh, headed goals upside. I don't know. I think Zeus he's probably a good one to look at, like Skyler said, but he's he's so expensive and I want to get so many uh, high-priced midfielders and attackers. I don't know if I'm even going that route with Zussi on the road. So I I tend to agree. If you want anyone from these teams, keep it cheap. Okay.
2: Oh, I am I am interested to see how Katai fits in with the fire. Um, not necessarily brought in to replace a like like for like, but he's going to be expected to take on more of that scoring load that a left. So. Uh. Good. I'm hearing good things out of preseason at, about him, so I don't know. I want to see how he fits in before I invest, though. So, be kind of watching this game just to to get a better feel for him.
3: Yeah, I I really hope that Nikolic has a bad game and goes down in price by like five hundred thousand, which is the max as far as I know. Um, because I think he's gonna have a great year, and then next time he has a good matchup, I'm popping him in. I think he's he's gonna continue his goal scoring ways from last season, and Katai would is probably going to help him quite a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And the last one of this group is the Red Bulls against the Timbers. Um, thoughts on Who BWP? Knows? Yeah.
3: I, I don't know who's going to play for the Red Bulls because they they have a result to defend. They won last night, or is it, was it two nights ago now? Two nights ago, I think.
1: It wasn't last night? Oh, the Sounders were last night, right?
3: And Toronto. I mean, and Toronto, right. Yeah. I think New York was two nights ago they won uh two to two to 1 or two to nothing i already forget but um two nothing i think yeah, i don't think roblox yeah, conceded yeah, yeah. roblox stood on his head and... so that was an that was an awesome result they're going to have to go to mexico and uh get another good result to go through this upcoming week. So I could see the Red Bulls go very, very light in their lineup in terms of actual starters. I think maybe Kaku is going to be the, the one you can count on actually seeing as he works his way into the team. Um, he's 9 million. So are you going to trust that? I'm not sure you should, but I, I think it would be an okay bet. Uh, he's probably going to be their, their main playmaker against a team that really is going to give up a lot of chances this year in Portland. Hmm.
2: He looks a lot more attractive on DraftKings at 5,700 if he's in the starting lineup.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if he wasn't, and I knew he was going to play, I'd probably <laughs> put him in, but you're you're not going to be able to know that. I know Rivas might get some time. Uh, you really like him, Skyler, but who knows? We haven't seen him for New York yet.
2: Yeah, I want to see how he mixes in with that group. But if uh, Sean Davis starts, he's 4,100. I believe he's been taking corner kicks for him in uh, Champions
3: League. So he's one to, to keep an eye out for when starting lineups drop. Hmm. Yeah, and for what it's worth, Guzman took, I believe, all the set pieces for Portland last week. Sure did. Yeah, he did. He's back.
2: <laughs> it just it so baffles me that you've got uh, Valeri and you've got Sebastian Blanco. And yeah, I mean, Guzman's delivery is good, but it feels like you know, to have set-piece Monopoly with those guys in the mix, something doesn't add up to me.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Um but if not this... Caleb Porter, though. Well, guess... he, he's not their I coach. That,
2: yeah, I guess Sav- Savarese.
3: <laughs> yeah, your point was, was true, though, because it was mostly Porter last year. We've only had one game of Guzman under Savarese. Um, right. If these teams were both full strength, I would definitely play a lot of New York guys. Um, I yeah. think they would, they would definitely control the match. But it's not going to be that way, and I think uh, Portland still have plenty of attacking power. It's just defensively not great. Uh, Diego Char is probably not going to be back for this one either. So,
1: hmm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, like a would a reduced Red Bulls team? make you think about Valeri more, or does it not really matter?
3: Probably not with the other options this weekend. Um, Valeri also just came out of the gate a little bit slow last week, so I'd, I'd like to see see him show me something before I put him back in the lineup, although first juicy matchup he's probably in, um, whether he's looked good yet or not. But um, I don't know. I'd be more inclined if it was a weak Red Bulls team to go with some cheap Red Bulls.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Cross-country trip is enough.
3: Yeah, I just... Uh, Portland's defense really scares me.
1: Okay. All right. You feel the same way, Skyler?
2: Yeah, I'm just not buying into Valeri just yet. I mean, I know he... We know we all know what he can do. I just... this first, The first game of the season was a pretty big letdown, and that's why he dropped to almost, I think, 10th in my rankings, which I'm just... I'm not sure when he hit that mark last season at all. Um, and, yeah, the matchup, I mean, at New York, it seems like that's always a matchup I try to avoid. Um, I don't know. I'm not feeling Valeri just yet, but, yeah, like J.D. said, in, in
3: a good matchup at home, then, yeah, he's probably right back in the mix. Um, yeah, if, if he were playing Minnesota, he would be my captain this weekend. Even <laughs> okay. After, I, yeah. Okay. Even after that first game. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I mean,
2: that's that's pretty much uh, my mindset on that. And then as far as New York goes, uh, yeah, I mentioned Kaku, who's uh, for anybody not familiar with his real name is uh, Romero Gamara on DraftKings. So I believe he's actually just Kaku on, on uh, the season-long game, but you won't find a Kaku on DraftKings. So. Um, if he's in, then, yeah, he's one that I'm looking for. And then Sean Davis, those are the, the two that jump out.
3: Okay. We also got a comment on our rankings. You won't find an Amro Tarek on season long, and that's just because he's not in there anymore, even though he was for week one, I believe. So I I don't know why they removed him from the game, uh, but he played well last weekend. So if he yeah, does get in – yeah, if he does get in the season-long game, uh, he's someone that you could consider, but I guess we'll have to watch for him.
2: <laughs> hmm.
3: Weird. Oh, well.
1: Um, that is very strange. Uh, all right, let's go to Sunday, where we have – did we get all – yeah, we got all the Saturday games. Uh, Sunday is starts at 3 o'clock Eastern, Atlanta hosting D.C. United, and then 5 o'clock Eastern is New York City FC hosting the Galaxy – We've got a Yamil Assad revenge game. I mean, that's that's got to be one of the earlier revenge games of this season here.
3: Yeah, Kevin Molino in the game preceding it. Oh, that's right. That's right. I take
1: that back. You're right. Um, We actually didn't touch on Molino much. We just you guys just said you loved Orlando. Um, Any thought on Molino?
3: I mean, he scored two goals, but San Jose had kind of taken their foot off the pedal. So, and yeah. I don't know. I know that Minnesota uh, is going to be missing Abu Dan Ladi this week. And while it Possibly is. Basically, Ramirez, too. Yeah. Yeah. They were both uh, dealing with ankle injuries, I believe. But the, I know everyone thought it was crazy that Ramirez wasn't playing because he's, I mean, arguably in the national team pool at this point. Um, but Dan Lotti is just more mobile and opens more things up. He can play with the ball at, at his feet a little bit more, um, and I feel like he helped Molino. I don't – Ramirez, although he wasn't probably on the field when Molino did well, but Ramirez is just more – a little more one-dimensional, and I think he's also hurting. So Molino really is going to have to do most of the work himself and – I don't like to rely on too many players that uh, are in a, a tough road matchup when they have to do everything. Hmm. That's fair. That's fair.
2: Yeah, I think I think you said it there. I mean, especially if Don and, and Ramirez are out, then, yeah, I mean, he's going to be their, pretty much their main only attacking threat, and I think Orlando can shut that down pretty quick. But um, we're missing the biggest revenge game of, of all here, and it's in this game. Adrian Heath.
3: Going back to Orlando. Harrison Heath.
1: Yeah, Harrison. Well, I think he's hurt. Ah,
3: yeah. He might have got cut from Uh, Minnesota. I'm not
1: sure. Mm. Playing for your dad can only go so far, apparently.
2: Yeah, real quick before we um, move on from the Saturday slate, are you guys – I know, Andrew, you said you had Mueller in as your uh, sub off the bench, cheap sub, switcheroo option. I think I'm going to go back. I had him too. I think I'm going to go back to the well with him. Are you guys thinking the same? Or are you moving on after his one point dud?
1: I I have him in only because I'm hoping I get my two hundred thousand dollars back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so cheap for a starter in a matchup like this. Yeah, like, I feel like I've got to I've got to go back and and see if he can do anything
3: right in this spot. So, man, my – First of all, I don't know if he's gonna start because um, if Pino they are starts, getting some then, guys back. Yeah. However, my one problem with playing him, as attractive as the four point three million is, is that I wanna use like four other guys in this matchup for Orlando probably that can give me clean sheets or uh, Miram. Um, maybe Pino in a switcheroo if he's gonna start. So I don't know that I have I have a fifth. We don't we can't play a fifth person from one team, so it's kinda we have to weigh how do we use those spots in his meal, or the best way to? And he definitely might be because he's has a good matchup and he's cheap. But at the same time, if I'm yeah. chasing the the clean sheet times two or three, I might not have room for him. Right. Yeah, no, that
2: makes sense. I'm uh, you kind of you kind of threw it out there with about Yo Tune, but I I think I'm going back with him too. I mean, it feels like everybody's going to be off him this week, so that's partly why he's attractive to me this week is because I think he's going to be really low owned. And yeah, I mean, there's, if there's a bounce back spot, so to speak, then this,
3: this is it. So. Yeah. Week two is definitely a week where everybody uses the same people because there's so many overreactions from week one. Um, And I definitely have been trying to think how to, how to balance that. Um, While also doing, I mean, you need to, to factor in week one but at the same time if everyone's using Giassi zardes and justin miram um i don't know there might be an opportunity there like miram's 9.6 that's a lot even though he looked dominant last week and he has a great matchup mm-hmm. so i'm just tossing it around in my mind i don't know what i'm gonna do Alfonso davies is the same way even though he's on the road i think he's gonna be a kind of a switcheroo situation for a ton of people
1: yeah, I think
2: that's yeah. Right. I kind of lump Davies in, like, like how you said with Mueller, like he's a guy that I just don't know. I mean, he's not too expensive, but even at five point five or six or whatever he's at now, like I, I feel like I'd rather use Mueller in that spot instead of Davies. Mueller at home in a, maybe a better matchup than what Davies has. That's kind of what I'm wrestling with right now.
5: Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. and get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
3: Oh,
1: you're going to convince me to keep Yoshi, too.
3: No, don't don't keep Yoshi.
1: As soon as I saw the score, I was like, I'm definitely blaming Skyler for this. I wasn't <laughs> going to take any responsibility for my own decision I mean, on that
3: one.
2: You can't really... I mean, look, they got a red card, like, what, first half, five minutes before the first half. So, I mean, that, that kills a, a fantasy play right there in itself. Like, Yotun probably had to play not quite as uh, aggressive in the attack and that kind of
3: thing. They, so, yeah, they I mean, dominated possession. Stuff.
2: Yeah, they still dominated possession, but I mean, you're a man down. It's, I mean, it's definitely going to play take an effect. So, I'm just I saying, t- like there were fa- there were factors that I think played into Yotun's bad, you know, quote unquote bad performance. Like I don't think he was as bad as people think. He like, he hit the post. I mean, he was all right.
3: I'm, I'm, I think he'll be okay this week. Yeah, my friends at Audi would have something to say about that. But... <laughs> I get here with that man. <laughs>
2: Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if I never heard Audi, Audi player, player index again.
3: Yeah.
1: I think, <laughs> unfortunately, I think it's going to make more sense than the player price changes in FMLS this season. But anyway, <laughs> maybe uh, that's
3: what they're based on. That's oh, why that's, we can't,
1: maybe that's pass. it. I think you figured it out. No wonder. No wonder. All right. Yamil Asad revenge game. Um, I don't think there are any revenge games in New York city and the galaxy. Uh, no, I don't think so. But anyway, um, I w- – or, J.D., I feel like when we podcasted last week, we were saying we thought D.C. would be a lot better this year. Um, and then just in that game with Orlando, they were up a man for more than a half and couldn't get That was get such much. a
3: terrible performance.
1: Yeah. Um, that didn't make me feel any better about our, our uh, prediction that they would be much better this year.
3: Uh, so here's what I think about D.C. They are essentially going to be – uh, just one step behind Portland, or not Portland, Houston, sorry, and they're going to play <laughs> pretty similarly to Houston, but by the end of the year, I think they have potential to be a little bit better, um, just because I think they they do have some pieces that I like a lot. Um, I think their defense is questionable, but if Burnbaum and Briant can kind of gel, that's a, a strong center. If Usted can get on top of his game, that's pretty good, and once the pieces in the, the front start to uh get acclimated to each other I think they're gonna be okay. they also start the season with like an insane amount of road games because their' stadiums currently being finished yeah so we can at least like put DC United on the back burner for one to two months probably um until we really consider using them uh in some more promising matchups hmm. but and I don't know Luciano Acosta coming back is really gonna help um i don't know dc also had atlanta's number last year they beat them maybe every time they played them it sounds about right <laughs> uh so it, i know the mlssoccer.com is really hyping that going into this week i've already seen an article or two about how dc united were the the kryptonite to atlanta or whatever but um <laughs> And everyone's going to be down on Atlanta after the the bad first week. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of overreactions there as well. Uh, for instance, people think Darlington Nagby is suddenly a bad player and is going to, to disappear like he did all the first game. I thought he was notable in the first game. I mean, I wouldn't say he did great, but he was pretty involved. I can see how he's going to be a really valuable distributor for that team. Uh, Atlanta's problem was – A, they looked really lazy when Houston really came to play and were pressuring hard. Um, They weren't tracking back very much. Atlanta wasn't. Um,
1: That's like the worst team to not do that against.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, other than maybe Atlanta themselves when they're motivated. Um, I know the defense was terrible. Lorenowitz is not a center back, sorry. Um, He's also probably not a center defensive midfielder anymore, so he's just a fill-in when they need someone. And LGP, Leandro Gonzalez Perez, was such a terrible game. Like for someone that was one of the best defenders in the league last year, um, you couldn't really draw up a worse first game to start the season than he had. So
1: it was only about thirty-nine minutes, though. He didn't have enough time to make it back.
3: Yeah, it was it was straight garbage. Um, <laughs> Atlanta's going. Atlanta's going to figure it out. And Miguel Almiron, I know he missed a, a sitter. He. Slammed the uh, the post on a penalty kick as well. Um, he's going to get back on track. Joseph Martinez going to get back on track. I have a, a lot of faith in Atlanta having a good game at home against DC United.
1: You feel the same way, Skyler?
3: I do.
2: I mean, I definitely feel like they're missing a lot in the center of the park with Carmona out of the mix now. I think they're exploitable as we saw against Houston. But at home, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, like, that place is going to be rocking. And DC United is a matchup that they can exploit. So, yeah, I mean, I think Martinez is in play here. Al in play. Um, I mean, those are the, the two guys that I'm probably going to be trying to find a way, at least Al find a way to get them in my MLS fantasy lineup. And then Joseph Martinez, I'm, I'm trying to – figure out how much I want to invest at forward. If I want to go with him or David Villa. via a decision that I'm going to have to make, um, you know, ahead of Sunday. So those, those two are definitely, I think I'm going to go with either one of them right now. I'm just trying to figure out which one. So somebody sell me.
1: Well, I was going to say, JD, if you look and think to yourself, I need to have some Atlanta exposure. Do you go to Almarone first or do you go
3: to Martinez? Uh, my first one is Almarone right now. I'm actually shifting my lineup as we speak to put <laughs> to make sure I get Al Marone in because I, my first draft couldn't quite fit him, and I said, you know what? I'm not playing Pedro Santos when I can have Al Marone for a million dollars more. Yeah,
1: Al Marone was the first guy in my lineup. I just not sure. I have Via right now um, only because I already have Al Marone. Like it doesn't. I don't feel like I'm missing out on on Atlanta. Uh-huh. On...
3: If if I could only have one of those two guys. Considering the fact that you can like have alternative players if you don't get one of them, I would take Via. I think he's he's further ahead of the good forwards on this slate than Al Marone is ahead of the good midfielders.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I I, I am probably leaning Via at this point, but I just I'm having flashbacks of last season when Martinez would go off for those monster games, like be left without him. It just I don't know it feels like this could be one of those spots, like with everybody so down on Atlanta. Um, they just go off here, like put up four or five goals on on DC and shut everybody up. And, you know, Martinez will be involved.
3: Yeah. Like I'm picturing Martinez against uh, Frederick Briant and being like, oh, yeah, he's going to have a great game. But I also was picturing him last week against Philippe Senderos and uh, <laughs> thinking, oh, he's going to totally eat. And he, uh, I don't know, Atlanta was not good so is there any thought to save a little bit for uh, vialba that's a that's actually a not a bad idea um you lack maybe a little bit upside yeah but how much cheaper he's nine million yeah so you save 1.7 that can open up a lot of stuff
1: yeah they all lost considerable value from last week um like, Almarone... Yeah, Villalba
3: must have lost five... Yeah, he lost 500. Geez. Yeah, and
1: so did Almarone. Which makes me want them even more. Because I'm like...
3: That's... Almarone is the safest. I feel like Martinez and Vialba could lose more if they have another quiet game. Jeez, um, that's tough. Almarone, the only reason he lost that much is because he missed a penalty. Yeah. So that's like an outlier. The other... The other guys lost. Diablo really earned score.
1: his his five thousand dollar drop or five hundred thousand.
3: Yeah, that's crazy, um, and it's only because he was so expensive. So that's what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. If you're that expensive, like nine point five or higher, and you don't get a goal or assist, you're almost certainly dropping, unless you're a midfielder that racks up the peripheral right uh, bonus points. Um, so like. I actually would venture to say that a lot of these guys that are in the, the 10 to 11 range are going to kind of drop and be hovering around the high 9 million just because if you can't score consistently, you're going to fall fall back to the pack, mm-hmm. no matter where you start. Right.
1: I don't think we convinced you either way, Skylar.
2: I mean, I think in, in a spot like that, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, I usually end up reverting back to our road to our Roto-R rankings and see where everybody falls in line and i mean via uh,
3: well did jd did you have martinez up there i'm sure he was uh you both have second. via
1: martinez yeah
3: yeah i think everyone okay, so, all three of us had via martinez yeah so i mean yeah i mean they're
2: one and two but i think if it comes down to it then I'm like
3: I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to go
2: with the top option just by default. So mm-hmm. I'm leaning via there. I mean, I feel like at home, home opener, he got off like five or six shots last game,
3: even though he didn't score. Yeah, six City. shots.
1: He had, an assist. He had an assist. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Al yeah, also so had six he, shots for what it's worth. Right. So he's
2: already, you know, he's already um, just he's almost there. I think he gets there this weekend.
1: Via's price didn't change at all despite seven points i'm not sure why
3: because he's 11 million yeah that's see so
1: so is that the is there a a max can nobody go higher i mean that can't be right (laughs) let's see
3: no i think you weigh it against the other people in that price range and i don't they must have done good i guess i don't know um i just feel like to to go up you have to have a huge game when you're that expensive that seems to be what the the escalating or exponential scale is and um obviously not truly exponential for any math nerds but, um, <laughs> that's why having these guys that are in the 10.5 or 11 million price range scares me because that's just asking to lose salary from your salary cap
1: um
3: yeah. i think it's a really valid strategy to go with everybody under 10 million dollars and if i Talk about it anymore. I might convince myself to drop Roosnock and drop Via
1: <laughs> and Al Marone now.
3: No, he's 10 million, so he's under. Oh, my, he's, okay, my, yeah, 10.511 really scares me. 10 is if it's in a good matchup, there we go.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, New York City FC home against the galaxy, who will be without uh, Alessandrini. Uh, I have thought about a Sean Johnson goalkeeper if uh turner doesn't come through uh i don't know if i really love it that much because new york City FC at home aren't really that great but um via was locked in for me is there anybody else like were you guys looking at medina or morales too
3: medina's really good he looks
1: really he looked great
3: unfortunately yeah, he he's a, what, a goal and two assists yeah Something like that or no
1: goal, goal and a, and he had a goal yeah
3: He's so good, he can get more points than the team had goals. (laughs) Yeah, he had had two assists on one goal. Yeah, that's right. Assisted
1: himself. Welcome to MLS. He is up 500,000 from last week after a 10-point performance.
3: And he's a midfielder, and he's not like an accumulating midfielder necessarily, so he's a little scary to me.
1: Yeah. Morales, who actually lost. Oh, no, he was up 200,000, so he's at 9-7.
3: I actually, I would consider Morales if I didn't like so many other midfielders this week, like Roosnock, Almarone, um, Pedro Santos, Justin Miram. Yeah. Obviously, Iguain, but he's more expensive than Santos, so
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, I I like Morales, but I'm not sure that. Okay. I don't know. This is a great matchup because the Galaxy defense isn't good, so. No. I'm struggling to, to find reasons not to use Morales other than just opportunity cost.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Skyler? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I feel like there are too many other midfielders in the games before this one this is the last game on the slate. So I feel like I'm going to want to use those slots up um, before I have a chance to even play a guy like Morales or Medina. Um, I will say that I'm probably going to target a defender like Ben Sweat maybe. In this one, um, yep. he had a pretty pretty good game week one. And Galaxy feel like a team that he could probably do put up a similar result against. So I'd say Villa and Sweat are probably
3: the main two that I'm looking at right now that legitimately have a shot at making my lineup. Yeah, so I think about Sweat a lot differently now than I did before the Alessandrini injury because now he's going up against like Chris Pontius most likely.
1: I think, is... he, I think he might miss out, too.
3: <laughs> okay, so I don't know who he's going up against. People are claiming Sebastian legit, but he's not ready for a full 90. I would be really surprised if it were him. Um, so I don't know. Ben Sweat, I think, is is a great call. He looked really good last week. Um, the assist was actually quite nice. And the only concern is if, for some reason, Vieira wants to put in moderita
1: Yeah. What do you mean for some reason? He's a great player. Well,
3: Moderita, <laughs> he, he is exceptional, and I think they need to f- sometimes put him in on the, the left wing. Um, maybe it's like a super sub at least when they're up a goal and need like a little more of a defensive presence.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He's too good not to play, but Sweat was too good in week one to not start again, Yeah, in my opinion.
1: I think that's right. I, I agree with you. Um, Yeah, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine who is a NYCFC season ticket holder. And we were saying Rodney Wallace looked awful last week. And I don't know why they don't just play moderita up there. Like, let him just go up with Villa and Medina and see what they can do.
2: Yeah, that was kind of my thought when J.D. was referring to him as maybe a super sub on the wing. Like, that seems like a good spot for him to play in Yeah, um, where, where Wallace is playing. But... I don't know, with Wallace, too, then he's he's the type of guy that I feel like is in a decent bounce back spot here. Um, I mean, he's a guy that I actually, I think, snuck him into my rankings. Maybe not. I don't know. He was on the bubble, if, if not. But I think a lot of people are going to overlook him based off of the week one performance. So I feel like he's kind of a sneaky play, if not in season long, then on DraftKings. games. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I imagine there will be a two-game slate on Sunday.
1: I would assume so, yeah. They tend not to miss those. Uh,
3: (laughs) There's more two-game slates than anything, I feel like, and it's very annoying. A lot of
1: two-gamers. So any thoughts on Ola Kamara or uh, Dos Santos, brother?
3: It's unbelievable the amount of few touches that Dos Santos has and the amount of shots and not passes he takes with those or dribbles. (laughs) Let me see if I can pull the stats up here. How many touches would you say that Giovanni Dos Santos had last week? I kind He of, played 72 minutes. Yeah,
1: I kind of remember at some point, like while I was watching, and it was at least like 20 minutes in, and they said he had zero at that time. <laughs> which felt like he was not having a good game.
3: Yeah, he had 10 completed passes. Hmm. So if Alessandrini's out and you're counting on Ola Kamara to get good service— It's probably not going to be from Giovanni Dos Santos. Hmm. 26 touches, um, four dribbles, three dribbles, sorry, only 14 attempted passes. Yikes. Four (laughs) shots, too, so he dribbled and shot as much as he completed a pass, almost.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, a little work to do. I get it. I get it. Uh...
3: I will say that I don't think people considered his game to, to be poor in week one. I think people people said he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. Yeah. I didn't get to watch that game that much. Okay. But for fantasy yeah, purposes. It up. Yeah, for yeah, fantasy purposes.
1: The
2: guy that's going for goal. Yeah.
1: That's fair. It's kind of stats that you see from a lone striker, which he wasn't really playing as.
3: That's what you would expect from Zardis. Right. Or Ola Kamara. Or
1: Kamara yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Who scored the most Ola Kamara goal sure did. over the weekend. <laughs> sure did.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: All right, we got anything else?
3: I, I have one question uh, for you, Andrew. Um, or if Skyler has a soccer topic, he can go first. Oh.
2: Yeah, well, I was going to ask if you guys have any captains locked in, or, or I think I've got an idea of who I'm going with I just want to see if it meshed up with what you guys are thinking right now mine's via
1: so me too
2: oh, okay all right maybe I shouldn't tell you mine <laughs> <laughs> mine's gonna be is is yours Elmarone? No, no I'm actually I think I might roll with Miram in this spot Whoa. I, mean, I feel like he was yeah might be a little bit of a differential captain too especially based off of your guys reactions. <laughs> um no, I like that a lot. I just, yeah, I mean, he looked really good in, in his opener, and I feel like, you know, he's gonna be—he's itching to open his Orlando account. If you want to go that route, but and he's in, in in an even better spot this week. So I think, I think I'm going that way. I don't know.
0: Wow. Man, I really want to use just don't hold me to it.
3: A- my midfield carried me last week. Um, I think maybe the lowest scoring one had. Nine points or something. Uh, I really want to go heavy on the midfield again this week. Maybe just five, five studs, and uh, skimp everywhere else because I want Roosnock, I want Almarone, I want Mirum. Um, we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, I, my
3: other thought was Roosnock. but I yeah, mine too. But I
1: doubt I would go Roosnock over
3: Via. I think I'd go yeah, Via Almarone. What is the Zdroik pick in his article, Andrew? Do we know?
1: Um. Yeah, if we could uh, somehow burn a little time here, let me see. He went via Almiron, Iguain, Rusnak, and Elise as his kind of differential.
3: That's I like all of this.
2: I love uh, I love Rusnak this week, but I I haven't really heard you guys mention Plata at all. I mean, other than just kind of in the. Salt Lake conversation, I think he might go overlooked this week and he's he's real high
3: on my radar this week, yeah, plots is just a little less consistent, I feel like um in terms of scoring, so he scares me a little more, considering their prices are are similar. I'm surprised Droyk didn't uh put Miram in there. he loves Miram almost as much as I do mm. I think with Higuain,
1: he... oh actually, they don't play for the same team anymore yeah. um yeah, I don't know why I didn't good question, we'll have to ask him. Sorry, what were you saying, Skylar?
2: Uh just yeah, I was surprised too that he didn't throw Miram in the mix. He was he was all, all aboard the Miram train last season. like yeah. he was he was ranking him like top 10 when I don't think he was even landing in JD minor JDs <laughs> rankings at all. But not this year, man. He's he's going to um have the keys to the car for Orlando. So.
1: Yeah. All right. JD, you had a non-soccer question.
3: Yeah, yeah. So Andrew, the listeners, it's tangentially related. Okay. Soccer. The listeners, they want to know more yelling and swearing. The delivery room, <laughs> or or taping a podcast with Jordan Cooper.
1: Um, being that I have to tape one with him in a few days, I'll just say the delivery room
3: is. <laughs> <laughs> How about then the fantasy flush? That's it can't be more than the fantasy. No, flush. no. I, yes, oh, okay. he
1: definitely is more angry on that than anything <laughs> that I, I've ever done in my life. So, yeah. <laughs> um, going back a quick second on Plata, I wish he was a forward. I think yes. I would think about him a lot more if he was a forward.
2: Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen several people say, "Why is he a midfielder?" And Saberino is not. Or You know, why is Sireno a forward and not a midfielder? Plot is a midfielder. I get that. I mean, I think a lot of that goes back to their position, like quote-unquote position that they actually played in last season. I feel like both of those guys actually played, could have been considered playing in the midfield in some of their setups. So, I don't know. I didn't set the the player positioning, but I had a little bit of input, I guess you could say. (laughs) Don't, don't say that out
1: loud. You're, you're gonna have a lot of crap thrown your way if you admit that.
3: Skyler <laughs> made sure his saying, favorite like, just, guys were in the right position. Right. He didn't care about anyone else. Right. Uh, I don't have
2: that quite that much pull. I think I was just saying <laughs> let's like branch out a little bit more, so it's not Javinko, David Villa, Nemanja Nikolic. Every, you know, every squad. Like let's give a little bit of diversity to some of the positioning based on how they actually lined up last season. Like I think Shea Salinas was still listed as a midfielder when I looked at the player pool and he, you know, obviously he's like left back now for San Jose. So maybe tried to open up some eyes as far as like, you know, these guys aren't just like straight up forwards all the time. Like they actually do float around, so to speak as like a, a wing, a winger in the
3: midfield more or less. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. It would cool be cool if we had that a limit. A
2: bit.
3: It would be cool if we had a limit on the number of times we could use a player that would make it l- slightly more strategic than using David via every other week. Yeah. But I don't want to give them too many complications. I know they're having some struggles with, <laughs> with the game. So I don't want to add any new folds quite yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just get through this season first. And then, then we'll
1: <laughs> I think it's all it's solved. Next. I think everything has been
3: fixed. Oh, that's optimistic of yeah, you.
1: I think we're good. They just needed a week to see yeah. how it would go, and now we're, we're good to go. I'm not going to go on a rant about it. Anyway, if anyone has any follow-up questions, you can find JD on Twitter, at DFSMLS. You can find Skylar at DraftKicks. Uh, They come into the Rotowire Slack chat from time to time, Skylar more than JD. But if you write MLS in your uh, message, apparently JD's phone will buzz, so we may just have everybody start doing that for for any comment they make. But um, gentlemen, thank you very much for all of that. Good luck this weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.
3: Good luck everybody. Good luck guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer.